You're listening to the Going Offsides podcast. Your home for lacrosse news, stories, and everything in between. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Going Offsides podcast. This week, we welcome our new co-host slash independent host, Christina Esposito, as she embarks on her first ever podcast as a host. And she has Juliet Barnes, athletic trainer extraordinaire, on the on the podcast, and uh, they talk everything from taking care of your body to lacrosse injuries to taking care of yourself mentally. It, it's it's a really great episode. I'm really excited for you all to hear it. So without further ado, let's just jump right in. I definitely want to start by just like you know, kind of like your bio. Just let me know, let everyone know a little bit like where you've been, what you've done why you're such a goat (laughs) yeah did you oh did you get the one I sent you are you gonna read it or am I gonna say it no you could you just you know start talking about background yeah okay I got it it. (laughs) okay 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 and so I've been in a lot of training rooms I um you know been doing this since 2000 I started my career off at Athletico and um I did an internship and then graduated and that summer they offered me a position so 2000 started you know working as an athletic trainer for the clinic then started going to the clinic and then high schools. Um, in 2003, I started with USA soccer, youth teams, got called up to the full team in 2004. So I've been traveling with them. And then um, then I did some Chicago Sky WNBA stuff for two seasons, their first year for the Chicago team. Yeah. And then um, you know I was like applying to law school, was waitlisted, went to part-time and then didn't get in. And so that's when the position at Northwestern opened up. Wow, and so, yeah. <laughs> and so that was in 2009. So 2009 started my career at Northwestern so University. 2017. Yeah, 18. Yeah, nine years. Oh, right. Yep. I, made, I made you stay for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because then what year did you get there? You got there in? 2012. Oh, yeah. So I had already been there a couple of years before you then came. And yeah. then freshman year, Tori ACL, off the bat. Yep. You were part of the good. trifecta with the other two girls. We don't have to I name know. them. But yeah, that was just crazy freshman year. And then, um, yeah, then the journey began for Espo's healing journey. Yeah. I almost just, maybe I just wanted to chill with you on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. I, but it was always know. work. Work hard. I know the only way I even got through like those years too is because of like the lighthearted environment and stuff that like right. we always had, you know, it was always business on the field but during a workout, you know, it was always business. You knew how to like set the tone, but also separate it at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, I for sure. Loved that. Like that made my life. <laughs> yeah. And that was the most important thing. Like, you know, any injury is definitely challenging and it's a trial and then when you're a freshman in college it's new everything's new environment and then when you get injured to be separated away from the team trying to navigate that you know mentally and physically is tough so trying to make rehab fun for the athletes was huge yeah and I mean like tough is such an understatement even for you know you've actually gone through it what did you have again two ACs yes well, so I had right after high school, I was going to go play uh, college volleyball, but then I um, ended up having meniscus surgery in both knees. And so then um, after that, I decided not to play college volleyball. And so I ended up while I was in college, 
I ended up um, I ended up tearing my ACL playing intramural basketball. And then that was just, you know, my first time really having to do rehab because for the knees, the meniscus stuff, I didn't have to really do rehab for that. But then for the ACL, that was challenge. I remember crying in physical therapy when they were trying to do my range of motion. Oh, and I said, totally never again. Started. I was like, never again. I went home and made myself cry because I was oh. like, I cannot. All I remember is go to your happy place, Espo. Go to your happy place. <laughs> I still say that to my patient. He's a doctor. I'm like, I'm like, find your happy place. They're like a gin and tonic. I was like, whatever. Yeah. Find it. <laughs> I was like, Jules, why is my happy place always just like cake? Like that's the first thing yeah. I think my always cake. What kind of cake? Portillo's chocolate cake? Where was yes. it? Yes, chocolate, yeah. chocolate. Chocolate. Cake. Matilda you never said where your happy place was so that's funny I know every time I always thought about chocolate cake but yeah that's I honestly love having you as you're my first ever podcast guest yeah oh thank you snaps honor honor is all yeah thank you I appreciate that yeah but I think I like you know I want I'm gonna send this to some of my girls and whatnot too and I just want them to hear especially from the like the athletic trainer side of things and yeah for sure in such a huge competitive environment and like you said on top of that when you get injured it yeah. feels like the absolute world is crumbling down for sure every single yeah. day every single minute so what is do you have like a secret tip or advice of like what's the best thing that a college athlete and even a high school athlete could do to take care of their body on like a daily basis Well, definitely. I mean, it starts with sleep. Recovery is one of, um, sleep is one of the best recovery, um, things that you can do for your body. And then as far as, yeah. And so then as far as fueling and what you're doing, I know in college pulling all nighters, you know, is what people like to do, but you know, the sleep, especially when you have an early morning practice, it's not ideal. So even taking naps in college is good because then you can get that, um, regeneration you know with a quick nap yeah so even naps are okay but you don't want to try to depend on a nap to get you messing up like a practice right like messing up your sleep schedule is probably one of the worst things you could probably do yeah for sure yeah yeah and so then fueling is the you know next best thing making sure whatever you're doing before practice fueling wise to eat and then post practice with recovery shakes chocolate milk tart cherry juice whatever it is to help you then get to that optimal level of like muscle regeneration yeah and that's like I try to tell my girls now from the scientific point of view I'm like we're not Mm. just telling you you know because when you're in it you're like I don't want this chocolate shake I just ran a game like I don't want this cherry yeah you don't realize the scientific evidence behind it of it actually repairing your muscles right make all the difference yes yeah right and then with the repair comes the decrease in injuries so if you're repairing your muscles you don't get those hamstring strains or those hamstring pulls and things like that and you know cold tubbing and foam rolling and that's also part of the recovery aspect you know before and after um i like to do um what is it activation exercises to get the like glutes fired up so you know how the training room's packed before and everyone's like geez everyone's injured and i'm like no half of them are just here activating their muscles so they don't get injured you know so that's another thing that is really important just you know knowing your body and knowing where you need to strengthen and what you need to focus on is also yeah and that's so that's that elite level too like I don't I think it's 
it's actually, it surprised me how many girls being like the director of gestures and we have 400 oh, yeah. from right. like, grade all the way down to kindergarten. Yeah. And it's like a lot of the high school girls, they don't even know what a foam roller is. Yeah. They I mean, man. Right. When I first started with the WNBA, it was crazy. A lot of them didn't know, you know, and that was college. That was post-college. So wow. it's just, you know, it's different for everywhere. So that's the huge part for us athletic trainers. It's a lot of what we do is education too. You know, yeah. you have to take every athlete as if they don't really know, you know, especially when they're injured. A lot of it's just education because they aren't aware of what's going on. It's all brand new. So you have to be patient, you know, as the athletic trainer, just kind of patient with each individual yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I would even say the athlete like totally be patient with yourself too I yeah started out sure. being like pizzas before my game <laughs> and you know coming into the training room with like oh my right. bag of chips like yes exactly I that to my senior year like eating a fruit cup in between practice because I was right. like carbs <laughs> yeah exactly and that's the thing you got to know what works I mean obviously that education piece is huge to know that you cannot fuel yourself with a bag of chips to get you through the entire practice. And that's what would happen. We would have people, you know, especially when you shift from, we have the afternoon, well, in the fall, we have the morning practices. And so a lot of people are like, well, I don't like to eat breakfast and they wouldn't eat anything. And it's like, what you need to fuel. Yeah. And then they switch to the afternoon practice and then you just, your whole body is like, now, how do we fuel? So it's, you also have to go into phases of depending on, when you're working out and what you're doing and the competition season. And, you know, again, you know, all about the plates, you know, the um, making sure your plate has every food group and yeah. what it, de- and depending on, is it a recovery plate? Is it a, you know, pregame meal sort of thing? Yeah. And all that's like, that. I, I even, even with the breakfast thing, it kills me. I, I'll ask my girls all the time, like who had breakfast? Like two people. Right. right. And, and then it's that same excuse. Oh, right. I don't want to, it makes my stomach feel weird, but like you have to just find yeah. what works for you and you need something. Cause you got to go back to, like you said, the education piece, understand what it's doing for your body. It's not just, right. you don't feel like it. No, for sure. Yeah. Right. And, and you're fueling to last the entire practice. Right. Exactly. Like you might feel okay in the first 30 minutes, but right. how cloudy are you in the last 30? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Right. So true. And that's kind of like, you know, going into even my next point, that's all the physical, like we could talk about this for hours. Right. For sure. But, you know, even the mental side of things, like that's kind of where you help just create that environment of like, you know, you're allowed to be intense, but you're also yeah. allowed to have fun at the same time. Yeah. And that's the thing because your mental health at the end of the day, that can affect how you feel, think, act. And then again, yes, your physical health, but, um, you know, mental health can affect how you handle stress and decision-making. So if your headspace is all over the place and you're on the field, you can make quick decisions, you know, that's the game right there, you know, and then same thing with just stress. How are you going to handle when it's like a big tournament weekend you might be good for game one, but then the rest of the weekend, you're, you know, you have nothing stamina mentally, you know, mental stamina to get yeah. you through the rest of the weekend. That's when you see those teams in the final, you know, completely choke and they, they just didn't have the mental strength. Right. Exactly. Sometimes, and, you know, and yeah. Outsiders don't even realize how much of, if not, like I, I always, you know, argue to say it's almost like a 70, 30, like mental, physical, maybe 60, yeah, yeah. 40, but even right. 50, 50, like we never focus on that mental side. And, you know, it's hard because girls are like, well, I don't like know what to do, but 
the mental side of things can just be like having someone there for support to talk to. Yeah, exactly. Writing, having a journal and writing something down. Right. Once exactly. Week, it doesn't have to be every day, but. No, right. Exactly. Like an outlet. I mean, and it's good to have, you know, sometimes it's obviously it's good to have the individual, individual time alone to meditate or, you know, be in your own space, but then having that team bonding, that team, you know, um, mental side where you're all kind of doing something together team building wise definitely helps the mental like how we did the pumpkin carving you know yeah. stuff like that just to help build team off the field you know it was also huge just for the mental aspect yeah and I always tell my girls too or even any clinics I go to I love to end with just telling the girls like you know have like, don't be afraid to tell someone how you feel, but it's okay to yeah. start with, hey, I just need to vent. Because I think a lot of girls right. say how they feel to their parents or their friends because yeah, they, don't want, right. they don't want someone to tell them what to do. They just want to get it off their chest. Yeah, right. Or just they're afraid to be, uh, be judged. You know, it's not yeah. about that. It's about just kind of letting it out and to a safe space at the end of the day. And that's how the coaches come into place by creating a safe space culture amongst the players and everyone within that um, team, just so then everyone knows that there's no judgment and you can be open to talk about what you want to talk about. Yeah, that cult, the, honestly, the culture and the environment, I love uh, Positive Coaching Alliance. They define culture. Yeah. Okay. What we do here. Right. So exactly. simple. And it's yeah. like, true. If everyone is like, oh, this sucks or oh, blah, blah, right. that's the atmosphere. Yep. That's going to, how it's going to show on the field. Yeah. And there's always going to be those one or two outliers, but then that's where, you know, the leaders on the team need to come together and whatever it's going to take to kind of uplift those people, because you know how that negativity can be a cancer amongst the teams and start yeah. on the team and start to spread. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's I a mean, big part of it. I think the biggest thing, you know, like as we're talking to, to even like point out is that it, it's, it's such a flow. Like it starts with that physical to the mental and then, yep. you know, that's the individual piece. And then however you carry that, that totally affects the team. And then that right. environment and that's if you're winning or losing right there. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're losing, you know, because you really have to be there to kind of keep that positive energy. If especially it's going to be a long season. Right. You know? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I got rapid fire questions for you. So I want to know, yeah, you're on the hot seat. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Sizzle. Right. I want to know what was the most interesting or craziest experience you had in the, in the U S soccer environment? The most crazy experience. Well, I did have a chance. I don't know if this is, I did have a chance with the U 19s back in 2004 or five, we went to Thailand for the World Cup. And wow. so I stayed there for almost a month and a half, almost two months with the team training and playing. And we lost in the final, which was just horrible. But the experience leading up to that was just amazing because we got we were in Thailand for so long. We got to experience the culture Beautiful. and just yeah. play some local teams and things like that. And um, yeah, that was one of the most still to this day, one of the most um, exciting experiences. Yeah. yeah. What would you say is, you know, being in that like extremely, that's like the highest level at that age for the most part in that sport. What would you say is like the biggest difference, either like individual trait wise or team wise? Like, is it the level of determination? Like, what did they have? 
Well, at the end of the day, I mean, to, to be able to come together and have the cohesiveness that they had when they don't play, like they're not playing every day together. We're going at a camp for like four days, then they don't see each other for like another month. And they don't see each other after that for like another month. And they were playing in a World Cup. So it's really just about commitment and everyone there for one goal. And that's to win and be their best, you know, um, yeah. on any given day. And really just determination you know, and again, going back to that whole, it's a team, it's, there's no individuals, it's, you don't have the space to just have an ego and try to, you know, be alone on the field. They know that there's, you know, um, 11 other girls out there who've got their backs and it's just about trusting them and knowing that you're going to show up on that day to perform. Yeah. And sometimes I even feel it too. Like sometimes, you know, ego can, can definitely get in the way of your own performance and obviously it affects your team. But once you strip that back, all that yeah. is just like hard work and hustle. Yeah. And it's hard because you have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to do it. But that's where you, again, creating that safe space. And that comes again from the coaches down. That's going to be real important. Yeah. Okay. So what are two things an athlete can do daily that will help them either physically or mentally kind of take them to the next level. Like if, you know, we're explaining that elite type of environment and what it looks yeah. like, what are the two yeah. things that you think? I think it ends up coming down to having a routine and making sure that you're consistent enough with the routine of whether, you know, first thing in the morning, like you said, you wake up, you're journaling. So you're, you know, getting your mind right for the day. And then, you know, you have your day and whatever that is at the end of the day, making sure you're doing recovery, whether it's foam rolling, stretching, whatever, at the end of the day, after a workout, what have you, and that, you know, and I feel like those two things, the routine and the, um, having the recovery at, to get you ready for the next day, regenerated, so the sleep is going to be so important. So, so important. Yeah. So underrated at the younger levels and so important. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that when I was in high school, but you definitely like, that's one thing is that, you know, you didn't just like tell us what to do. You made us understand like what you're going to do after college and so forth. And so yeah, forth. come on. Um, okay. Yeah, exactly. Last thing I want to hear from you. I want your, opinion. Oh, sure. obviously not every day is going to be the best. I try and stay on routines. I try and stay consistent. One week I'm superwoman. One week I'm yeah. like, I can't do any of this. What's right. your advice for like when you're not feeling like it, but you want to be that still? The main thing, be kind to yourself. <laughs> know that you are in heaven these days. Don't feel like you have to do it all. Take those days, embrace them for what they are and let them pass or else you're going to be resentful. You're going to carry it through to the next day as opposed to just like letting that day happen, seeing, you know, what things pitfalls maybe happen so then you could prevent if you know them in the future or whatever but just let yourself have that day like don't feel like you always have to be on everyone has an off day everyone and again it comes down to being vulnerable and with your girl the girls that are seeing you they're your role model to them they're looking up to that so for them to be able to see you it's not always roses and but you know it's challenging to get to your level of what what you sacrificed to get to where you are took a lot of sweat tears and hard work and so it's not going to be just like they need to understand it's not going to be great every day and that is part of the challenge for like what makes someone great and able to sustain that because it takes a lot it is going to be a hard road 
you it's know, you're not going to win every game. Right. You know, you're not going to win every game. You may feel like you're the best at your club and you get to the college level and you're not starting until senior year. So what is your goal? Do you want to play or do you want to just be part of the team? You know, so you have to come into college understanding that you are signing up to be part of the team and get them to the championship, whatever your role may look like. Your role may be that cheerleader on the sideline, cheering the squad on, you know, going hard every day in practice and then maybe getting your break when it's time. But that's the end game. It's not about you want to join this team because you want to win, which obviously is goal number one for sure. But you have to understand that everyone plays a role. And just like in society, you know, we not everyone can be a complete, um, you know, starter. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. Yeah. Just and I mean, just, you totally like hit it right there. I think that as athletes, we think sometimes too, like, oh, the best athletes are on all the time. They never right. get bad. So, right. so not true. So not true. So no. I, as right. a coach, I try and be really vulnerable and transparent. And I'll even say like, I'm not having a good day guys. Yeah. Right. We're all right. We're here. We're yeah. going to let it right. go and we're going to get on to the next thing. <laughs> Exactly. And then that's the thing that's just like, yeah, they'll see that that's helpful for, you know, their success. And just to have that is very helpful. Yeah. And the other thing I was going to say too, about um, just in general about sustaining your physical ability is making sure you're doing like Pilates and yoga and like diversifying your workout and not just overtraining in the one sport, you know, yeah. or the one activity. Yes. So true. I, I even tell my girls, like we did it sometimes at, at my house at Northwestern with like the six of us girls there. Like sometimes when you leave the field, you got to take the cleats off, put yeah. them away and don't even right. look at it for a day or two. You got right. exactly. Yeah. And you got to disconnect and just enjoy. And that's, that's yeah. going to be the biggest part about um, college athletics is right. being able to balance. And, you know, you're the first time you're kind of independent on your own and making those good decisions, but then again, stepping away and just having that downtime. Because again, if you're always so, you know, on, then that sometimes can do harm. Burnout. And kind of burnout. Exactly. <laughs> Jake, <Is> there? <laughs> can I get a burnout? Yep. Burnout. So yeah. yeah, that, that can turn into burnout. Yeah. So moral of the story, set yourself some goals, be kind to yourself, take yes. care of your body and mental and physical times, yeah like most of the times when you do all that baseline boring stuff the rest kind of just works <laughs> yeah yeah the rest exactly and then that's where right and and you have the support group of your coaches the athletic training med medical staff sports psychologists nutritionists you have a team when you get to college right exactly to help you and then when you get to some of those elite levels you also have a team so don't feel like you have to do it again all on your own and your family support. Right. And definitely lean on all those different avenues. You know, don't put your, all your, all your balls into one basket, like definitely right. use all your different outlets. Cause sometimes you get some, some different perspective. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Last, last question, actually, I yeah, want go to for it. Access and yeah. really important, but so college injuries are happening all the time. I've had a million, you've had a million, yep. even if it's just like a toe sprain or yeah, the weird ones that we would come and show you like my <laughs> fungus in it at three. Right, right. 
<laughs> who knows what happened? So and so got bit by a spider at three o'clock. Right, right. Oh yeah, uh huh. That's always great. <laughs> so my question, or for you, I think these girls need some help too. Of like, yeah. you know, how do you communicate to your athletic trainer and your coaches, but without sounding like a baby? Because I think that's the biggest stigma. Is like, oh no, I'm just, I'm fine. I'm gonna suck it up. I'm fine. Which could actually right. hurt you in long term. Right. Exactly. And so that's what I was about to say because. For me, I always said, you know, no injury is too small because it, that small injury you think might be small can turn into a big one. And now we're trying to backpedal. And now we're something that might have been kept you out a week. Now we're out like six weeks. So no, it's again, because especially when there's miscommunication, when miscommunication happens where the athlete's telling the coaches one thing and the athletic trainer's telling them something, the best at the end of the day is to meet as a group. I found, you know, having everyone on the same page and what helps is having all of those people in the same room. Right. And, um, you know, we ended up, especially when it came to like sports performance, myself, the assistant coaches and the head coach having weekly meetings to discuss what's going on and then pull the athlete in if there's any question, because if there's a discrepancy, whether they're telling the coach something or then me something, then that's where things go wrong. And we ended up putting a athlete on the field maybe too soon or, you know, when they're not ready and it's just kind of, cause they're trying to push it through. So yeah. I think, um, you know, pulling everyone into the room is never har- a bad thing. Yeah. And just even as an athlete, don't be a hero. Like yeah. what, what seems like such a small time of your life. And like, you're in this little bubble, like when you pull yourself out and you always used to say that, like, think about it. There's so many more days. There's, you have more years you know, just don't try. And like you said, don't try and do it all at once. Like be transparent, take care of your body because me now being, you know, years later, there's so many times I think about like when I was sitting in that room and I remember people, the doctors being like, yeah, so if you play on it, it's, you're going to feel it like soon after. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm like, I don't care about how I feel later. I'll take care of it then. And now I'm like, okay, well now I can't go on a jog every day. And I would love to go on a jog. Yeah. Yeah. And that's this. Yeah. And that, and that could go in either direction, you know, the, yeah. And that's a whole nother conversation regarding life after college sports and what that looks like and just finding what works for you for an athlete. There were athletes who I thought they hardly played every day, you know, like I was only letting them play in games and then their first year out, they're like, Jules, I'm running a marathon. I'm like, huh? Well, marathon? What? Yeah. Where'd you that know, come? and yeah, where'd that come from? But I'm happy at the end of the day, like that, that's what makes me feel happy. Cause now you're in your real life, you know, not that college wasn't, but like now you're adult, you know, adult and you're able to have a quality of life and enjoy, you know, and enjoy yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't yeah. be a superhero athlete, take care of your body because it's the only one you get. Yeah, for sure. Simple facts. Yes. For sure. Oh my God, Espo, thank you for letting me be your first podcast guest. This was so thank, much fun. Are you kidding? Thank you. I, I just wish that like we both could have had joyies right now. Ah, I had a drink earlier. So a, a, a smoothie can't. fruit drink, not a, not alcoholic beverage. It was a fruit drink. It was delish. <laughs> <laughs> I was so jealous when I, I texted you that saying I want joyies and you yeah. sent a picture back. I was like, wow. Yeah, I was. Ju- that's so funny you mentioned it because all. So it was my parents and my brother in the car, and we all had joy. <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, bro." <laughs> Next time I'm in the area, I'm yes. There, call me. I'll be here. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. You know, <laughs> I just moved back from LA, so I know you're just like doing your thing. 
yeah, you know, I'm just right now it's good. It's, I'm in a good place. It's nice to be closer to family, especially now yeah. during this pandemic. And, yeah, you know, just, yeah, nothing's open. I mean, U.S. soccer, they're starting to travel. So I'm definitely the men's beach. They're about to head to Costa Rica for the qualifiers, but I won't go. But it would be nice if they do qualify. It's in Russia. I know. Um, so that would it's be nice. cool to go. Yeah. yeah. Things are just like starting again in some, oh, for sure. in some, some capacity, fashion, some type yeah. of health back. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, well, yay. Well, thank anytime you let me know as things progress, I'll come back on for another chat. Yes. Oh my God. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much, Jules. Um, Welcome. We'll let you know anytime I'm in the area. Okay. Well, let me know when this is, you know, um, put yeah, together because I want to listen. Yeah. I'll send it to you. Like once they chop it up and whatnot, I'll send it out. Okay, and if we have to do it all over again because they didn't like the content, let's go. <laughs> let's go round two. <laughs> let's go round two. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I miss you so much. Okay, yes, miss you too. And so proud of everything you're doing. Stay you. focused. You got it. And I, you look great out there. I love seeing your Instagram and seeing you move. And that's what I love as an athletic trainer, seeing you move you know, after yeah. all this, yeah, still. So that's all heart right there. Left side, yes. strong side. Left side, strong side. Pass Left the trauma, side, strong baby. side. That's right. That's right. <laughs> all right, Jules. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe, give us a review, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Going Offsides. Sides.